So good. Welcome to the Haas Boys, the American F1 podcast. I am Max, your host, and I have Mike on my right. Yo. I have Parker on my left. Yeah. And we are talking about all the things that happened. All of them, Max? At the Bahrain Grand Prix. Yes, Yes, we are. The first race of the season happened. It seemed like it was the longest break in the world to me it was almost years without races it felt very long this year it was just a wonderful oasis of (laughs) (laughs) just track and racing and cars rain was that like a comment about the desert it's it's a desert desert how long is the break actually how many months is that part of the reason why we feel like it was long is that they've raced so deep into the year for covid so I know that we're a few years past that, but in yeah. 2020, I feel like they raced into December. Okay. And I feel like they might've even last year. Yeah. It seems like it was almost December the last race. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. It, okay. Usually it is a, at least three months. Yeah. I know that much. That It felt like ages. It did feel it forever. It was fun to hear David Croft's voice again. Yes. The old Crofty. It's fun to see those cars again. They look amazing. Some more than others. Yeah. I mean... I already have a beef with Alvatari because from certain angles, they look exactly like Haas. They do. <laughs> it's a white nose and they have red letter on their fin. Yeah. And I thought it was Haas every time it came around the track. Yeah, for sure. But Ferrari looks so good. Yeah. It does. I love that that Ferrari's on the back there. Too bad it's broken. Yeah. And not fast. Yeah, let's get into the race. <laughs> do you want to start right. qualifying or, or practice? Qualifying? Or? There's a lot that kind of happened this weekend. I mean, qualifying was ridiculously exciting for me. How so? I mean, Nico qualified sixth. Right. Except he violated track limits once. Right. He was like inches away Mm -hmm. from qualifying sixth. So cool. On his first race back in a Haas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. It is a really huge feat that he accomplished. I feel like both Kevin and Hulk can be proud of their return to Haas maiden races because Kevin got fifth in his first one back, right? Mm -hmm. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hulk, he showed up in every practice and qualifying session and was just hammering in the lap times. Yeah. We'll talk about the race in a yeah, minute. Yeah, because there's stuff that happened. Because there was things that happened there to kind of unfortunately undo the good result for qualifying. Yeah, it's too bad. But also, alternatively, the other news from qualifying that no one could stop talking about was the dark horse, Fernando Alonso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been the star this whole weekend. He has been, and I have a feeling he may not fall out of the headlines at all this year. Because With a car like that. It just seems like it's just as competitive as at least Ferrari, which yeah. is... He just overtook Sainz in the race. Yeah, right. he was crushing it. So that car. And Lance was not far behind. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll <laughs> yeah. give him credit that with a broken hand, managed a top 10. And a draining yeah. battery in that brain. <laughs> <laughs> he still managed to pull that car around. Still managed to quiet yeah. quit. While <laughs> having a broken hand. Well, he's lighter. Yeah, yeah. he's lighter. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's losing battery fluid. He's lighter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, it's to his advantage. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he ran a great race actually, despite the injury, the qualifying session came down to the fact that we were just seeing something that I didn't feel like we'd been seeing uh, last year, at least, which was that yeah. there was more to play for, for everyone. And I felt like testing. What do you mean by that? The volatility of where you qualified mm-hmm. was within a second. Yeah. Mm. And that is insane. In Q1, it was like people were being eliminated within a second of each other. So previous years, it's been more than like a Larger second. gaps, yeah, oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. And so it was really cool to see just how equal the midfield is. Mm-hmm. And then it was really cool to see, obviously, that this dark horse that everyone keeps kind of joking that Aston Martin is the new Braun GP to be the not big team that's playing with big team potential. Cool. Right? And so to see them be able to bring it to them, but also see the rest of the field kind of really bunched together. And again, part of the reason why Magnuson and Hulk and there's some volatility in that qualifying mm-hmm. was just based off of the fact of like, well, if you missed it by just small margins, you were out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kevin unfortunately got stuck behind traffic on his Q uh, one lap. Oh, is that what happened? And he got eliminated because of it, which was a bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. But he'd been running great all weekend. And so unfortunately it just didn't play the cards in his favor. We have plenty of races left this season. Totally. Different track styles. So we have more to look forward to for sure. But yeah, not good qualifying. But still 10, Nico at 10 is not bad for his first race back and then close to being sixth. Totally. It's great. I feel like we didn't really see the potential of the Haas this weekend for race pace. So I'm really interested to see how they look in Saudi Arabia Mm. as well. Saudi Arabia is more of a road course uh, or like more like street circuit. You know, Bahrain's a little bit more wide and Mm -hmm. and has a lot more. There are some long straightaways on that track. Holy cow. And Red Bull is super fast on the straightaways right now. So this track could bring a full new roll of the dice for the, mm-hmm. for the grid. Yeah. So, uh, I think Haas could have a shot in Saudi Arabia to have a really good result. But anyways, the, yeah, Bahrain, we had some, uh, some bad luck, but I got to say it. You guys want to hear my diagnostic? Yeah. That's my new favorite way of saying Diagnostic. <laughs> yeah. It's different. <laughs> for sure. For sure. The, my diagnosis of what went wrong. For Haas. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah, let's hear it. It's there. It's the same thing as last year. Why are we playing the lucky card? Oh. They both started on the hard tire. And the goal with that is that if a safety car happens in the first lap, mm-hmm. then you don't have to pit. And everybody else will to go get new tires, and then you'll be on the optimal tire uh, already, putting us in a good position. Yeah. You think they're banking on someone crashing that first lap? Yes. I think that that's what their assumption was. Which, what? based on the past two years, yeah. yeehaw, that's a good bet. Right, yeah. so what percentage is likely that we're going to get a safety car in the first few laps? Mm. Nico was on a hard tire too. Yes. Oh, I didn't see it. I knew Kevin was. He started on hards. So both of them kind of had a crappy start. Nico mm-hmm. kind of fell like a rock because mm-hmm. everyone around him was on a better tire. Mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone else started on a soft. Yeah. So essentially, I feel like Haas has been playing kind of the gamble game in that way okay. with strategy a little too much. And I think it would have been a lot better to just be less creative. If, if Hulk would have started on the soft, I'd be very curious of where he If we have a up. competitive car, let's do what the competitive teams right. are doing. Right. And it makes sense for a less competitive car that's ambitious. So we have Williams, not competitive, not ambitious. Right. You have Haas of the past five years, which is not competitive, super ambitious. Right. And that makes sense. It's like, we don't have a shot. Right. 
let's just shoot the moon every time. But they're competitive now. Yeah. So why not just play it straight down the middle and do what everyone else is doing and do what everybody else is doing and just play like you have a great car. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I see, I feels like that's where the mistake came from Mm -hmm. in my opinion for this race, but otherwise super fun race to watch for everything else that was going on. Nico also had a damage at the beginning. He had like a wing that exploded. Yeah. He did have contact with somebody at the beginning. Yeah. Not good too. Was it Lewis? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) No meatball flags this race. So (laughs) I think that played into a a lot of it (laughs) damage and then having to pit to replace that. Right. It always sucks. Totally. So just a bad strategy call and then a wreck and then. Yeah. And then just kind of misfortune for the first race for sure. Uh Uh-huh. I think the other thing that we can note for the beginning of the season is that congratulations, Max Verstappen, on your third championship. Jeez, right? He it's I, this, over. This better it's not over. be that season. Yeah. It's over. Uh, <laughs> man, are we gonna have to hate Max now? I think so. I mean, I just yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's getting cocky, and it's as soon as he starts being blessed on the radio. As V says that we were blessed. <laughs> Or like, okay, if he says blessed. blessed, then we'll hate him. But if he doesn't say blessed, then he's good. He's yeah, good, yeah. Then he can continue. That's our, all right, Haas boys <laughs> listeners, you can hold us to that. Oh, yeah. It's not fun when there's just a runaway <laughs> we car. put a blessed meter on the board. He's getting closer. He's getting he's more, more blessed. No, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't say it. He's getting more blessed. <laughs> Do you think that there is, I'm thinking there's a hope for me that Sergio Perez might be able to take competition to Max. Right. At least there would be a competition there that we could watch that would be thrilling. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. And what is the likelihood that Ferrari could just step it up and start cruising, you know? What I do you think? Like there's some possibility. I mean, I think it's going to be track Dumbo specific. Clown Boy Stinky <laughs> Bonotto. Dumbo Clown Boy Stinky Bonotto. All hyphened. Yeah. All- <laughs> <laughs> it seems as though, to me, the Ferrari is pretty far off the pace really uh making up a deficit like that is really really hard and Mm. and so like they would need a silver bullet Mm. something that's just going to be the upgrade that matches the red bull in a 30 second over a race deficit which is huge um the tire degradation on the red bull was like minimal it didn't happen at all holy crap wow how do you know that this is part of what they were saying about testing in practice is that they were like everyone's worried that red bull is going to run away with it because their the deck tire, is so low yeah, they the haven't tire changed tires just, all week <laughs> wearing the same socks it's getting stinky wow so, but yeah, they, they literally have their like, cause they measure all that. And a lot of the teams are a little bit spy with that. Mm-hmm. Right. We yeah. want to see who's dealing with what and Red Bull just had minimal wow. degradation. So it just seems like the Red Bull cars really dialed. So the likelihood of them being caught is not super great. So predictions for 2023, we've got a Max Verstappen win. Checo's battling Max throughout. That's going to be really fun to watch. Maybe Haas Ferrari are moving up, you know, two and three. Right. Two and three places throughout the year. And we just watched Toto completely implode. (laughs) That's because he's going to get the season that Red Bull has had over the past four and five years. Right. He's going to get the treatment Uh back. Yeah. Right. Where Red Bull is just so far out. Yep. Right. That they can't even be touched. Right. And he's just going to implode. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, and a part of me is like, I'm cheering for Toto to figure it out. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't want Max Because in the end, what it. we uh-huh. want is an exciting championship the right. whole season. Yeah. Right. Coming yeah. down to the last race, if it was between like three or four teams, I would lose my Incredible. mind. Yeah. 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 And that was one of Vettel's championships, right? That's how he won. It was more than one person up for the grabs. That's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, even just to talk about Mercedes for a second, it was said by Toto, they're done with the zero part, zero pod car. What is that? Or like they're the throwing air, it away? The AirPod things? No, yeah, the the side pods. That's our like. This. I see how they're like vertical as opposed to horizontal. Because every team has like those like AirPods that are like coming out, right? And then Mercedes is just flat. It's a- like the air inlet side pods. Yeah, not AirPods. <laughs> AirPods are made by Apple. Okay, well those are the you guys suck. Here. I'm speaking for the man can you, who doesn't know Formula One. Can you play uh, Liz, Lizzo on those AirPods? AirPods you got there? AirPods. Um, oh no, so, the, the <laughs> so the zero uh, pod that has been the concept for the last year, and then they came back with I've this year. I've checked out until you guys talk about something else. <laughs> He's so mad. Uh, Toto has said that they are moving past this design. They can't push it any further. They wow, have that's now so brave it. of him. A year and a half after losing well, like, every race. <laughs> I feel he's, like he's like, we have come to the decision that this, this AirPods shall not be used. Yeah. I've gone like, around to the think? other teams and asked them to go to zero pod. They all said, no, fix your car. Right. I'm uh, like, play, play the yeah. game. I mean, play my game. <laughs> for the, it's like, wow, so brave, Toto. Very smart <laughs> that you decided to stop doing the thing that was completely different from everybody oh, else right. when you were losing, when you shouldn't have been losing. I wonder losing. what data he's been given. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, he's like Vladimir Putin. Everybody's just like, no, no, it's a good idea. Like the zero pod is so good. I don't know why we're losing. I've decided to remove the zero pod. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like what? So why did for, it take you this long? For sake of conversation yeah. and that, that, actual discussion we'll we'll even talk about this way last year toto made the gripe right so the room of team principals on drive to survive is they were all sitting around talking about bouncing yeah and toto was the one that pushed forward that the side skirts and the whole floor of the car had to be raised 50 millimeters or whatever it was because they were trying to eliminate porpoising uh-huh. and that was the whole politicizing the regs should we play it to try and get it so Mercedes had the advantage because they knew that the floor 50 millimeters higher would benefit them more than the other teams. So Mm. Toto last year pushed this forward to be like, we're going to have to change the cars next year a lot for them to work with this new regulation. And so Red Bull's advantage this year will kind of dissipate and they'll have to kind of start from a little bit of zero. So basically Toto Wolf made a bad design decision Right. Tried to get everyone to change their cars so that it wouldn't be a bad and decision. it worked in the sense that the FIA went with it and said, sure, next year you have to have the floor 50 millimeters higher. And then mm-hmm. everyone's and then still crushing it. he shows up this year and his car's fourth fastest at best. Oh, jeez. Gosh, that and backfired. So should, we, should we play that clip for really the painful. listeners? Yeah, go ahead. The listeners that haven't heard it yet. I can tell you that all of you are playing a dangerous game. If a car ends in the wall because it's too stiff or it's bottoming out. You're in the shit and I'm gonna come after you. Because we are removing the stage. Wait a, wait a second, wait a second, I'm talking. Hang on, are we, pl- are we playing to the cameras here? Or I think this is probably better off camera than... No, I don't care. 
if you think this is a little game on performance, I no, tell you, no, no, you are very, very wrong. No, no, Amazing. Amazing. So he, he begged and begged. He got the reg and he f is falling places. Right. So funny. So he's counterproductive to what Formula One is trying to do, which is like, how can we get to the edge of physics and create the best car and like, you know, some test ways, technology, yes. come up with technology to like, because that's what Formula One kind of tries to convince other people that we're doing this to learn more things <laughs> about cars. to convince people, yeah. but not, not well. Yeah. For production cars. Yeah. 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 But in a sense, he's like taking us back a step. He's like, I right. couldn't figure this out. So no we one can't do can, this. is allowed to. Yeah. Right. Which is dumb. Well, and it backfired. But also, let's go ahead and just move down to the next team. The one had. that is flying, that is, what well, I think is gunning for position. Oh, yeah. They're just, but it's last position. <laughs> They're gunning for <laughs> the wrong position. <laughs> they are fighting for last place on the grid and oh, succeeding boy. brilliantly. Brilliantly. Poor McLaren. Man, is that what you're going to talk about? That's who I was going for next. Yeah, they have aimed their sights and they're hitting that target. They're coming for you, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for your seat. Everyone has a target on the back of the disc next year. Even Williams, it seems. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone has a target on their back because we start last. Yeah. To me, here's the thing. Let's go back on a journey. Just a small journey. Mm. He plays some Zelda music for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> back in 2014, no, Zach Brown took over McLaren after Ron Dennis was pushed out by the board of McLaren. Ron Dennis had been running the team and the company for years. Mm -hmm. Ron is the person who found Lewis. Gotcha. I he worked that. there at Encena. Like, he was legendary, very involved in McLaren for a very long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Zach Brown took over. Since Zach has been at McLaren, they had the Honda McLaren debacle, which was some of the worst performance and horrible reliability that the sport has seen mm. since Turbo Hybrid was introduced. Mm. Fernando Alonso called it the GP2 engine. That was very <laughs> controversial. Uh, uh, and funny. the car retired almost more than it finished. And so oh, dang. it was a disaster. Then they switched to a Renault engine only to then switch to a Mercedes engine mm. and have come close to becoming the third team in the Constructors' Championship a couple of times. And I think they might have even yeah. succeeded once. Yeah, they did. On the bad Ferrari year. But since then have done nothing but just never be consistent. Yeah. And with the type of track record that we have now with blaming drivers, mm -hmm. blaming engine manufacturers, but never pointing the finger back at themselves. There is one consistent thread, apparently, is what you're saying. Yeah. Is that McLaren's in big trouble, and I think the big trouble starts with Zach. Very interesting. Because yeah. isn't McLaren one of the most winning teams in history? It, it was, for sure. It was until... Yeah, whoever passed them did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that, profound. That was awesome. This is, this is Again, it's a good statement. So, what about those AirPods? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's right. He's right. He's right now. Yeah. After yeah. saying that, it's no. interesting. I guess I'd never thought of Zach as a stinky team principal. <laughs> Like Benotto, but then you, but I'm looking back at like the Daniel Ricardo stuff and I'm like, maybe he doesn't got it. 
Well, and he's not the team principal. That's the other part of this problem is he's the CEO. Yeah, which is very interesting because he's acting like team principal. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe you're a little too involved. Mm. Oh, okay. Maybe you need to do some other things and Uh allow this to be done by the F1 side. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, he probably pioneered that amazing changing ad screen on their cars. Right. I can tell you right now. Everyone's roasting them about that. I can tell you right now that was 100% Zach. <laughs> it's the oh, king of, of ads. Yeah. yeah. Zach Brown was the one who signed the deal between UPS, Ray-Ban, Shell, and Ferrari yeah. as their sponsors. Oh, that's crazy. That's what his background was in. And so if you're listening and you haven't seen it, there are little changing computer screens on the car. Like Kindle screens. Yeah, Kindle screens, and the and the, the sponsor will change. The logo will change throughout the race. It's like, how much does that weigh? How much development yeah. went into that? Right. Yeah. When that could have just gone into the power engine and to the aerodynamics. Yeah, and how much it's battery does it steal? Yeah. Like that's probably why Lando's punching walls. Right. Is because he knows And he signed like a five year contract or something. Like yeah, he's she, there for a while. She's, she's getting hosed right Sorry. Now. Sorry, Lando. Yeah. Anyway, Zach Brown's a stinky Yeah, he's a big old stinky butt. Guess who uh <laughs> not my American not my American in F1. CEO. No. Nope. I guess we're going back I mean our next yes. best is Snake an Hour. Schenkenhauer. Schenkenhauer. <laughs> Hunter's American at these at this point. Let's yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Let's just, he lives here. That's true. So. Uh, and guess who's coming out majorly on top for all this is Danny Ricardo. Uh, Danny Ricardo. Again, for real. Yeah. Sitting on a beach with 18 million <laughs> and just watching Lando punching walls be- and then yeah. putting uh, electronic ads on their car. Like, yeah. nice. And I don't know what's going to happen with Red Bull. Who's to say? But if Checo loses his seat and Daniel is put in that seat, Daniel has the fastest car on the grid. Right. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. And, and all we need is just one little Nancy Kerrigan incident. <laughs> 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 I've heard it's not that expensive not or hard. We're not saying that's going to happen or that anyone should. <laughs> but you could. <laughs> and if, this would be the result. <laughs> if there's any Dan Ricardo fans out there that, with, a, with a lead club, <laughs> that potentially could happen. <laughs> but no one should do that. But yeah. there isn't a rumor in the yeah. paddock about that one. <laughs> yeah, there, there isn't. <laughs> There isn't. I heard there was. <laughs> <laughs> too bad they banned that team principal from races too. Who was it? Flavio Briatore. Yeah. Is he allowed to attend races again? <laughs> they did. They did oh, lift his ban. So he's back. Yeah. He just needs to attend one. <laughs> <laughs> so poor, shady. Poor Sergio. He doesn't deserve this. Wait, no. why not Max? Oh, that's true. You should just wa- like it yeah, should be he's Max. Got two championships. We like yes. Jacko. Yeah, we do like Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> if Max says blessed, you yeah, know who oh, we're calling. We're making one call. Plan L. Plan Flavio. Plan Club. Speaking of Plan Alonzo, Fretch, dude. Yeah, I mean, fun overtaking race to watch for him. Super cool to see Alonzo in a car that can attack. <laughs> and in him, it was very fun to watch him say the first positive thing I've ever heard him say. Right. right. <laughs> Which is, this is a lovely car to drive. <laughs> right. He's never said anything that wasn't just so mad. Just <laughs> angry all the time. <laughs> this is a lovely car to drive. How's Lance? Like, yeah. <laughs> he also has a German yeah. accent now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this car. <laughs> It is a dream. <laughs> dream to drive. House of my friend Lance. Come on. Do you know something that's really interesting that I heard is that apparently Oscar Piastri made this evaluation of Fernando Alonso after working with him and getting to know him. Um. Is that 
Fernando uses 25% of his brain to drive, mm-hmm. which he does almost as like muscle memory and just kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. And then he uses the other 75% of his brain to just process and think. And plan that's, ahead and strategize. That's why he's so good. Mm. Uh. I mean, that pass that he had on Lewis in this race yeah. oh, was man. one of the best overtakes I've seen in Bahrain. Back ever. and forth for a little bit and then slipped around him. Yeah, and just so in the hairpin yeah. in a moment that Lewis didn't expect him to try that. Yeah. It was really good. He's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm like, he's just, he's very calculated. He's a very strong driver as it is. Mm-hmm. But man, just to see him in something competitive, I, yeah. I, I'm so, so stoked. Yeah. And he did, uh, like, he got Carlos Sainz, too. Yeah. He was playing in the Man, back of Carlos Sainz, and Carlos just kind of locked up for a second. It was over. Which we already know that he sucks under pressure. Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. Love him. But yeah. he does struggle. Under mm. pressure, yeah. yeah. Especially when it's his idol behind him. Right. He's like, he's like, no, Fernando. Not Fernando. <laughs> For Spain. No. For Spain. No, no. <laughs> He's like no, no. crying. He, he just like lifts a tiny Spanish flag out of the car. Please. Not for me, brother. Please do not do this to do me. Do it for España. Oh, man. And then it was so fun. Even the commentators, after Alonso got out of the car, after getting third on the, and being on the podium, he was just stoked and like alive. Yeah. And they even commented, they're like, it's like Alonso won the race because Max is like, mm, this is number 36. This is going to be the first of 25 this season. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Where's my water bottle? I'll go in the room. It's yeah. just like, this is, yeah. it's, that's why like a lot of my beef with Lewis comes in is because when he was just winning and winning and winning, it was like, gets out of the car. I want to thank the factory. I went yeah. back in the house. It's yeah. just like, and he gets on the podium and this is like rehearsed. It's like, man. Yeah. And then when he got on the podium in Silverstone or something, he was so stoked. Yeah. I was like, I love it when the drivers have earned it and yeah. they right. feel it and they're yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So much more fun. It is for Not sure. Just a job. Here's my last statement that I'll say about the race before we move on. But gotcha. I think last year we thought that Ferrari was going to take it. It was Charles Leclerc's championship to lose yeah the first two races of the season ferrari just looked like they were dominant that's true and by australia red bull had turned the corner on development Mm -hmm. and it was game over from there so there is a possibility it's not doom and gloom yet of of ferrari getting their act together it's possible yeah but we'll say it's a little bit of a longer shot knowing that Red Bull has Adrian Newey and not Ferrari. <laughs> what is going on right now? Just the past uh, eight years, it's kind of been one team or the other. Right. Like what's going on that everybody's so far apart from everybody else? Is this unusual? Like the Mercedes dominance and now a very clear Mercedes dominance and now a very clear Red Bull dominance. Is this unusual in 60 years of F1 or is this kind of just how it is? And it, that we're, there's just somebody at the top and the fun stuff is from third place down. Right. It hasn't always been that way. I would say that since Michael Schumacher, that this has become the new normal. I mean, Red Bull had four years of dominance with Vettel, and then it went into eight years of dominance, or nine, or no, eight. Eight, eight years of dominance with Mercedes. Interesting. And then, uh, and now we're in a new phase of Red Bull. You know, I think that one big thing that happened with this one is just that the turbo hybrid introduction for what they were going to use as power units going from V8s to turbo V6s with a hybrid unit. That was a huge adjustment and Mercedes came out of the gates swinging. Nobody had what Mercedes had when they started. That set them up for being able to just destroy. Mm -hmm. And so development from there was a lot easier because they had been winning like crazy. 
Um, and I think that that was kind of clear from their get go of why they were so dominant over that period. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that Max winning a championship, whether or not you accept that championship listeners, <laughs> that first championship, I still think that that was huge to see a non Mercedes car win mm-hmm. one freaking championship in the of, turbo high rider. <laughs> yeah. Out of all of those years. Yeah. Um, in the new one, I don't think that Red Bull is going to be so dominant that no one will catch him in the span of this year. It might be a challenge. We'll see. It seems like the midfield is so close right now that all they have to do is just figure out a way to get the midfield closer to Red Bull. Well, shifting gears, we want to talk about something that I am just stoked about, and that is Nico Hulkenberg coming back to Formula One yes. into the Haas seat. The Hulk. So we wanted to do a deep dive into Nico for the rest of the episode because I don't really know a lot about Nico. Mike probably does. Parker, do you have any questions for Mike about Nico? <laughs> Now's the time to see if Mike can get some points for the season. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Does his we, strikes we, refresh the yeah, season? Yeah, <laughs> do those roll over? <laughs> All right, Michael. <laughs> Mike. Michael. 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 When did Nico start racing? What age? Uh, 1997. What age is that? Uh, that's a great question. He's older than me. 10. When he was 10? A when little late. 10. He yeah. is my same age. 19. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was born in 1987? Yes. So he's 10. So a little 10. bit of a late bloomer. Yeah, that's interesting. That's about like three years later than most. Okay. Hulkenberg was a, started in karting. In 2002, he was the German junior karting champion. And then in 2003, he was just the German kart champ. Wow. Okay. (laughs) He won him back to back the junior and then just the German kart championship. That's impressive. If you guys don't know this, Hulkenberg as a blanket of maybe you've watched Drive to Survive or maybe you haven't. But Hulkenberg is considered one of the best drivers that hasn't had a podium, let alone a championship. Right. He's always had just the craziest stats. And so this one being one of them, I mean, he won two karting championships back to back. He was managed by uh, Willie Weber, who was Michael Schumacher's manager. There was this tie to kind of being the next Michael Schumacher. Because Nico Hulkenberg is German. Correct. Okay. He's from Germany. He's the one that gave him the nickname, the Hulk. Oh. So back when he was a not little that, guy. Where does that, that come from? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hulk. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not a stretch. Yeah. Good, good one, guy. Thanks Hulk for taking the back. credit. Hulk and back is good because yeah. he keeps going and coming back. Yeah. Totally. Well, he won uh, the Formula BMW championship, but they took it away from him. <laughs> Why? Because some of the competitors said that he brake checked them under a safety car period. And because of that stunt, air quotes, they took away his championship. Oh, that's that's stupid. Kind of a little bit stupid. Um, Formula BMW, is that like a Formula 2? Yeah, like, it, what it's kind like of a, a level lo- lower that? tier, okay. but uh, still a Formula car. Still moving up, getting championships. Yep. Then he moved into an A1 German Grand Prix. And this is kind of an interesting thing. So this was like a, like a team of drivers that will compete against each other in kind of a World Cup kind of tournament format. Okay. <clears throat> and then you would win as a country. Okay. And so, but here's the thing. He won 
all of the points for Germany and then Germany won. Oh, wow. The championship. So it wasn't anybody else. He carried That's the entire team. Crazy. So very, very cool early career. Correct. Moved on to Formula 3, um, won the European Formula 3 championship, moved to GP2, which is now F2, won the F2 championship. This guy's just coming through with championships. And then he was signed as a reserve driver for Williams and was testing and doing all their uh, background work, all the test driver things, and was upgraded to driver of Williams in his rookie season. With Williams in his rookie year, uh, in 2010, Hulk got a pole position. Okay, cool. So he qualified pole. I mean, it's interesting to think that Williams was good recently. At some point. That was 2010, so yeah. yeah. 13 years the ago. The end of it. Jeez. Yeah. It was uh, in Brazil. Look, at K-Mag and Hulk shared the same place for their first Formula One pole position. And now they're wow. best friends. And now they're, they're the friends two again. best <laughs> friends that anyone could have. So when did he go to Force India? 2011. Oh, the next year. So Williams... And he was there for a while. Well, so he switched back and forth a few times. So this is where things got a little bit crappy uh-huh. for his career. So despite having the pole... Frank Williams decided to not renew Nico Hulkenberg for another season, which is just the worst. A little later in this season, we're probably going to get into this, that I have ultimately decided that Williams is my least favorite team. Yeah, we should do a deep into Williams. Mm. And this, it's because of stunts like this. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. And so 2011, Nico is no longer on Williams. Races for Force India for 11 and 12. Switches to Sauber. Alpha in, Romeo. In 2013, they weren't Alpha back then. Okay, They were okay. just Sauber. And then switched back to Sahara Force India Jeez. in 2014. And 15 and 16. And then Renault. And then was hired by Renault, Renault in 2017. Raced for them uh, up until he was replaced by Esteban Ocon. And this is kind of when I came in and kind of learned about Nico Hulkenberg because he was teammates with Daniel Ricciardo. That was his last year. Right. And then it was recently, like, was it during the COVID era when someone got COVID and Nico came back? Right. And just Correct. crushed it. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, Nico is rad. And right. the Hulkenberg name kind of stuck. Totally. That's when I became an Eagle Hulkenberg fan. I thought like, this guy is rad. He raced for Sergio Perez at Silverstone. In the during COVID. Force India car. Yeah, in the yeah, in the racing B- point. BWT thing. Yeah. Racing point. And so that was his big Hulkenberg and he got driver of the day. That was rad. Then, was that the one where he crashed out though? I think he had a bad strategy and he just, he didn't have the tires at the end of the race. So he ended up finishing. Did uh, he get points? Low. I thought, I thought he came back one race and got like a points. Yeah. Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. He still ended up getting points. Remember because it was like a pretty bad year for. He should have finished fourth. He was almost podium mm. and, and then had a bad tire strategy. Ah, suck man. So he has <clears> a lot of bad luck. When I first got into Formula One and you were talking about Nico Hulkenberg, you're like, this guy just has the worst luck. He'll be so close to a podium, something weird happens. Right. Like a blown tire. Someone crashes into him. He almost got a podium in Germany in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. It was the year that Mercedes had that like white paint that was stripped off or whatever. And both Valtteri and Lewis crashed in oh. that race. And so... Front runners were taken out. Hulkenberg was like on pace for a podium and then he crashed. Oh, so no, that's the one I'm thinking of. Is that what you're thinking Heartbreaker. of? Heartbreaker. <clears throat> it's just the worst. Just Heartbreaker. the worst. Yeah, that was 
one of the more heartbreaking moments I've ever seen in F1. Yeah. I think he hydroplaned. I think he just hit a patch of water. So that's a brief history of Nico Hulkenberg. Why do we like him? I mean, I think that it goes without saying that his personality is pretty blunt. He's pretty funny in the sense that he is just really straightforward when he says things. Yeah. But also on track, it just is, he's a really good driver. He's no BS. He just kind of does what he puts the car Mm -hmm. where it needs to be and just does his thing. But also I think that like, like we were just talking about with the drivers in the top teams, Mm -hmm. right? Nico never got his shot. And we look at Sergio Perez, who was rescued from the abyss by Christian Horner to be like, come play at the top team. Mm -hmm. And we knew the second that he was hired that he was going to win races. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just in the best car now. Nico never had the opportunity. There was never a seat at Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Wasn't going to happen. And that's just the unfortunate nature of being an F1 driver is sometimes timing. Mm -hmm. Just like on a lap. (laughs) It's just not on your side. And so it just seemed like despite all of his talent, despite Mm -hmm. all of his ability, it just wasn't going to happen. So Haas calling him back and what was cool about seeing it in Drive to Survive is that Alpine was also considering him. And so it wasn't just Gunter who was like pulling this wild hair out and being like, we're going to bring Nico back to F1. He was an option for a couple of teams and we're stoked that we got him. Yeah. And he's already proven it, right? Yeah. I go back to kind of the conversation we had last season, go back and listen to it, about when we learned that Hulkenberg was coming to Haas and the idea that Gunter is playing this game where it's like, let's get two really consistent point scorers, yeah. Kevin Magnuson and Hulkenberg. No and gambles. Then, no just gambles. Two solid veteran drivers. We don't have like the time or the money resources to be training a rookie like Mick. Let's get someone who's going to be constantly scoring points and just move up the order of the the WDC. Yeah, it's such it's, a good move. Yeah, and honestly, the other side of that as well is I think when we look at Kevin's personality versus Nico's, and I think that there's an interesting dynamic here. Kevin's a really solid race car driver. He's not going to be quiet about what he wants from the car. But I think you bring in Nico Hulkenberg and he's going to know strategy, other elements of things that he's not just grateful to be there. And I think somewhat Kevin's in this space of just being like, look, man, I'm just here to race. I'm stoked. I'm really happy I got another shot at this. But I could see Nico being like, I'm really happy I got another shot at this, but I really want it to work. Yeah. So let's make sure that we're doing this right. And so I think that the team can massively benefit from Nico's approach where they're benefiting from Kevin's and different dynamics. So I think the two of them are just going to build a really strong team. Another thing I like about Hulkenberg is he's won Le Mans. He's a Le Mans champion. He is. He yep. won Le Mans? Yeah, he's he's good. Wait, what the heck? Yeah. I think, I think it was with Porsche, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wasn't Wait, that's even? insane. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy is just is great. And it's it feels like we are so lucky that he's on Haas. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I it's, love it. So it's weird. It's like he hasn't gotten on a podium at F1 but he's, but he's one won the other biggest <laughs> Big, huge race. Thing. Right. Yeah. Like what's bigger than Le Mans? Seriously. It's like a part the of the, the triple like the crown, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like Indy 500. Or Indy 500. Le Monaco Le and Le Mans. So he's won one of them. Yeah. Which That's is crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Which <laughs> is also equal to Fernando Alonso. Wait, Nico's like, Nico's like, <laughs> I guess Fernando's one Monaco. guy on the grid right now, except for like Alonso. Yeah. Alonso, Lance, Oscar Piastri. <laughs> Three coolest guys. <laughs> yeah. Very cool guys. One guy is like, oh, just spicy, sexy Spanish guy. One guy's like a bland poutine <laughs> bucket. And Oscar Piastri is just a... He's just a wet 
bowl of oatmeal. Bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> <Wheat milk. laughs> Just soggy wheat bix. Sitting in milk for six days. Coolest guys. Yep. Actually, as a quick note to that, is we talked about this in an Instagram reel, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. We've been we've been asking this for weeks for episodes. Who is replacing Daniel as the class clown? I have this. I have an answer. We we know who it is now. Yeah, and it's 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 shocking. It is shocking. None of us. Do you know Parker? Wait, I haven't heard this question. Been, it was, it was, I, a uh, listener, um, his name's Josh Smith. He sent this to me and we've been talking about it. And then I brought it up with Mike when we were hanging out and I was like, and he thought of it too. Who's yeah. the new class clown? Yeah. Like the cool, also cool class. But like, like cool. he's cool. Uh, probably Pierre. No. Are you ready so, for okay, it? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Pierre, I don't think he's that funny, but he's cool and he's like easy. Uh, yeah. And that's why I like Pierre. Yeah, and I've already cool. told Gass you that cool. I like Pierre. He's cool. Yeah. yeah. So let's see, who is the new class clown? Class clown, cool guy. And also just wait, like wait, wait. King. class He's clown, just the new king. cool guy, king. Yeah. I don't, so, uh, so Magnuson is it's like cool, 60% but he's not that cool funny. guy, 10% king, maybe like 30% funny guy. Yeah. Oh, George so, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you said king and cool guy that I was like, oh, that's George with a big capital G. All right, should we tell him? Should we tell him? It is, yeah, Valtteri Bottas. It's Bottas. Dude. He's the new guy. In the off-season, he did this ugly mullet cut. He's like gone really gross bogan Australian vibes. It's the that's best. That's not funny. He, he has no, this, it's he incredible. Has a, he has a helmet that's like based off of his head. So it looks like he has this dirty mullet and it's like his face. And a mustache. Wait, what is happening? And he's been just slinging beer and being like cool and They're wearing big, short really shorts. Mellow and like, and that, this is going to take a long time for me to get on this <laughs> so, boat. But like, I believe it. It is, yeah. We'll, we'll share with you. That's why we thought it was good crazy. News. All right, keep Keep convincing me throughout okay. the season. We'll see if I well, get we'll there. We'll see if you can keep it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as far as we're concerned, the new cool Aussie on the grid is Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, it is not Oscar. <laughs> it's not, Oscar. not Australian. No. <laughs> uh, the only thing I can see with Valtteri is him just, uh, is the team telling him, slow down for Lewis to pass and him being like, okay. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's that's what I'm saying. He switched teams and all of a sudden he's found his mojo. Yeah. Right, we will yeah. see. We're gonna have yeah. to we're gonna have to share with Parker. Well, I am stoked about Nico. Any final yeah. words on Nico? Uh we'll keep on we'll keep on exploring Nico Holkenberg. I feel like there's more to discover with that yeah. guy. We're gonna see some good performance out of him. Guaranteed. Definitely. He's done it so far. We'll bring in some more history mm-hmm. for, of Nico throughout this season. Because yeah. uh he might be the coolest guy in F one. And in contrast, we started this podcast with two drivers that we were, you know, really trying to trying to find some I mean, nice things uh, to say. Mick is cool. Mick was cool. Mick was awesome, but yeah. Nikita was rough. Yeah, but he comparison. wasn't that good. Yeah, God yeah. bless him. He's not yeah. that good. He yeah. might he might still be good, but right yeah. now we didn't need him. Yeah. yeah, we didn't need him. So we're stoked. We got consistency on our side for sure now. Yeah. Gosh, we really picked the right team. Yeah. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Listening, have all picked the right team too. Listen to the Haas boys. Yeah. Follow us on everywhere. Please give us a good rating. Email us at doshaasboys at gmail or follow us on Instagram. Also, we are releasing a video version of the podcast now. That's Every correct. Every week? Every week on wow. YouTube. YouTube.com. Who's producing that? I don't know. Some... some- 
we hired another full team of producers. Yeah, full to team of interns. It's oh, just to do the video. Yeah, to do the videos. Yeah, wow. Like, okay. Oh, what it, is that costing us? Dozens uh, of of experience hours. Thousands <laughs> of experience hours. <laughs> doll hairs. Okay. Good. A few doll good, hairs. Good. So I'm yeah, to spend that money. Check it all out, and please follow us. Tell your friends, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Bye. I can tell you that all of you are playing a dangerous game.